Hello and a warm welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. I'm a well-being coach, change specialist and founder of Living Fabulously. The mission for this fortnightly show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. I invite you to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and centre in your life. If you're feeling tired and burned out from the stress of having it all, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Today, I'm so happy to introduce my guest, Pamela Baker, who will share her expertise and insights about acupuncture and other modalities she specializes in. Welcome, Pamela. Hello, Bev. How are you? Great, thanks. So happy you're here today. Yes, me too. Pamela Baker is a multidisciplinary practitioner. She offers a scientific naturopathic perspective with traditional Chinese medicine, proposing natural solutions for many health problems. So Pamela, what is it that you do? Oh, well, Bev, over the 30 years that I've been practicing, I have added a few spokes to the wheel, so to speak. My core modalities, though, would be traditional Chinese medicine, which um, include acupuncture, Chinese herbs, cupping, moxa. And amongst all those, I've also incorporated nutrition. They are pretty much my core. But if someone comes in, I look at them quite individually. So if I think they might benefit from some body work or some craniosacral work, then I will incorporate that as well. Or I might omit something else and just use that with the acupuncture. If someone has, say, lower back pain or neck pain, then of course, I'll incorporate some massage before I administer the acupuncture. So it really is a very individual approach. I think that's why I've incorporated a number of different modalities. So I can offer uh, people more options, I think. And it's it's more about me being able to consider more uh, about their particular issue and try and cover as much as I can. Pam, what is acupuncture and what are the benefits to people? Well, acupuncture is a branch of traditional Chinese medicine. It's about 3,000 years old. It is based on a a series of what we call meridians that run through the body. Um, There are 14 major meridians and eight extras, which is quite a complex system. A metaphor that I would use so that people can understand the system is the railway system. So the meridians are the train lines and the stations are the acupuncture points. And when we insert needles, we actually decide on a prescription based on the signs and symptoms of a particular client. And we will put together a point formula, which involves the insertion of about 10 to 12 needles into four or five acupuncture points. And this can be used to treat all manner of different problems ranging from, uh, you know, menopausal symptoms to migraines to lower back pain, any other kinds of pains, aches and pains in the body. So it is quite an extensive system that can treat quite an array of health issues. That sounds interesting. So what is your method for determining a diagnosis for somebody who comes to see you? Okay, look, firstly... I would evaluate someone as soon as they walk in 
through the door. You're looking at eye colour, skin colour, you're looking at their demeanour, you know, are they holding themselves upright? Do they look energetic? Do they look sleepy? Do they look foggy? So all of this diagnosing starts the minute the person walks in. And then, of course, we will run them through a traditional diagnosis, asking them their signs and symptoms. What I tend to do is ask them about their major concerns first. And then based on that, I will then ask them a series of other questions. We also will do a family history to see if there's any uh, related signs and symptoms or a genetic component that could be running through. And that will indicate just how difficult their health issue is. Um, also, we would I would ascertain whether it's an acute or a chronic situation. Also, we look at the tongue. Uh, So by that, I mean, I look at the coating, I look at the tongue body, the color, Um, I will take their pulse. So taking someone's pulse in traditional Chinese medicine is distinctly different to a medical perspective of the pulse. Uh, We're not just taking a heart rate. We're also looking at um, six different positions on each arm or each pulse at the wrist. And that will give us an indication of what's going on in all the 12 major organs. So um, it's quite a comprehensive form of diagnosis, but it's quite it's quite different and it's very individual. So we, the, I think the whole concept of Chinese medicine is based around appraising someone's health on an individual basis rather than having uh, a particular syndrome which we will then prescribe, you know, like medications or herbs for. We actually will look at the individual first rather than necessarily pigeonholing them with, say, oh, you have how can we say uh, migraines okay we don't we don't just prescribe a particular formula for migraines per se there are many different times types of migraines so therefore we have to find out what type that individual has okay so it's very individual Mm. so you've obviously now got this wealth of information and you've explored and understood it so what is your approach to treating the presenting problems well after we've taken the pulse and the tongue and and married it up with the signs and symptoms, then we will uh, pick a point, I will pick a point prescription, as I said earlier, for about five points, which would, because the points are bilateral, that means we have to insert the needles on both sides of the legs, for instance. So that would be about 10 to 12 needles, okay, to treat that particular person's, for instance, migraine, there's a blood stasis migraine, there's liver yang rising migraines as yin deficiencies. Um, So I would decide on which points that I would pick to suit that particular presentation. And also if it's quite severe, then we would, I would also put together a herbal formula that is based on the same diagnosis. So there are different herbal formulas also um, for the for instance, using migraine as an example for different types of migraines. When we spoke before, you talked about the five element theory about Mm. the flow of energy. Could you explain a little bit more about that? Five elements is basically a flow of energy around the body through the organs. Five elements, which is fire, earth, metal, water and wood which is different to, uh, say, Western uh, philosophy, which only has the four elements. So really it's about linking those elements with the internal organs. It's a 
way of describing how that energy moves through the various organs and what can obstruct it. It's not just a case of, oh, one organ is causing this this issue. Yes, it is important to try and diagnose back to the root cause and which, mm-hmm. which organ is the cause. But it's often a complex interaction between maybe two or even three different organs. So you can use that as a general schematic. Um, If someone's very complex, sometimes it's actually an advantage to go back to basic or what we call first principles. And there are eight basic principles. And then there's the five elements, which can help you tease out some of the major problems. So there, there are all different tools we can use as practitioners based on the chronicity of a person's problem, especially if they present with multiple medical issues, then you really have to go through this procedure of trying to find out what the root cause is. Sometimes you have to treat the most superficial layers first and then before you can actually move to the more deeper chronic issues. It just depends on how the person presents. And I know that it might be a little foggy and unclear, but it again depends on the individual and just how serious their issues are. Obviously, you've mentioned that there's needles involved and I'm needle phobic, but I cope really well with the experience. So could you explain for those who've never had acupuncture what the actual treatment is like? Oh, look, and the acupuncture needles to begin with are very fine. It's, they're, nothing, they're nothing like the gauge of a bloodletting needle, for instance. They're very, very fine. They're very flexible. What's the most you would feel is a slight pricking, perhaps. Often people don't even feel that when I tap them in. The what we call der chi, which is the stimulation of the energy that we're actually looking for, and we want to elicit that from each point feels more like oh an a slight aching or a little electric charge me personally i try to it's a little bit like tuning a radio when you've had a lot of experience you can actually learn to control the chi so Mm -hmm. it's like a radio you can turn up the volume depending on the sensitivity of the person or lack of (laughs) so if someone's really sensitive you will just hold the needle and wait for the chi Uh, not stimulate it too much because it can be too confronting for them. Okay, for someone who is not as sensitive, very strong, muscular person, you might have to actually work the needles quite quite hard to get them to even feel the sensations. So really need to base this on, again, on the the individual, their pain tolerance, uh, sensitivity levels, all these things come into play. And you really should be gauging that as a practitioner so you can make the experience as comfortable as possible, but as beneficial as possible. And I really have to state here that if someone is extremely weak and sensitive, strong stimulation may make them even weaker. So mm. this is where you the experience comes in to modify your treatments to each each individual you mentioned that you place the needles at uh, specific acupuncture points yes and then you obviously confirming the response with the with the person in your care yes but i can also feel Oh, you can too. Oh, yes. After okay. so after you've been practicing for a certain period of time, you really can feel the energy. Sometimes it feels like running water. Sometimes it feels like 
like a fish that's grabbing onto the, <laughs> like your fishing pole, which is your needle, for instance. Other times I actually feel an ache in my hand or a tingling. And I've confirmed that so many times with people. They say, oh, yes, that's exactly what I'm feeling. Uh, sometimes it's like a wave. So it's a little bit different and it does depend on which part of the body also. So the most powerful points are below the knees and below the elbows. Interesting. Mm. And the most active, yeah. And how long do the needles remain in place for approximately? Oh, about 20 minutes. Normally, with a lot of people, you're looking at tonification, tonifying that person's energy or, or helping that particular syndrome. So you will leave them for 20 minutes. If someone has a full acute problem like inflammation or something like that that you need to sedate, you actually leave the, the needles in longer and that has a sedation effect. There's also sedating and reinforcing techniques that you can use in the way you twist the needle also. There's many different ways of controlling okay. the, the energy and the outcome. Mm. So for some more chronic problems, is it a series of treatments or how do you normally work then? Oh, most certainly. Yes, I, I, I could have explained this before. Each treatment is accumulative so it's like laying a foundation in in a building you know you might not just put in one row of concrete you might put layer upon layer so each time a person comes in it's it's like you're kick-starting the body but the body hasn't learned yet or it, it probably isn't strong enough to to run with that energy so it might create some temporary improvement but it doesn't stay until they have further treatment and that that treatment will build on the ones previous so it, it's almost like providing the body with that energy. The other thing is that it retrains the body in a way. We forget that each cell has memory, a cellular memory, and each time we have to train the body to almost believe that, oh, I can be well again. This is a very Taoist principle and a little bit more esoteric, but along with that are the physical effects. So if you're increasing the local blood circulation, you're stimulating the lymphatic system or you're, you know, you're stimulating the nervous system, then it's going to have a domino effect in the body. It's very hard to, it's very complex to say that this point in one point in particular will cause this, this, this and that. There's not been enough research done just yet. But for instance, there's one point that is just below the lateral side of the knee called stomach 36 and that's been well researched and it's well known that it can actually increase the neutrophils, which is the first line of defense in our white cells. So, um, and as more research is done, we will actually be able to identify, you know, what the points do but that's not just the only effect of that particular point either they have multiple effects so it's that's where it's hard to actually do the research too because research is usually designed to elucidate one particular outcome yes whereas each point will have multi outcomes it's, it's really it's very interesting because i think acupuncture does work by stimulating the fascia in the body too which is a little bit like glad wrap and uh, like glad wrap, if you press on glad wrap when it's taut, it will ver ver reverberate through the whole of the piece of glad wrap. Well, fascia is a little bit like that and it covers 90% of our body. It's like connective tissue. So, you know, it could be a form of communication and another way that acupuncture works. But mm, Fascinating that you can use those diagnoses. And as you say, you work from a foundation of what 
what you've seen, what you've understood, how the body mm. responds, and then move through the treatment protocol like that. Yes. Pamela, what one practical thing would you recommend for listeners to check in on their own health? Look, I don't think you can go past the four basics in, in life for people, which is exercise, sleep, food, and what you're drinking. So, you know, you need to be checking in on a daily basis on, you know, what's the quality of your food like? What's the quality of your sleep like? Are you doing enough exercise or changing the types of exercise you do from sitting down and to standing up even and walking around all these little things are really important how much water have have I drunk today so we're not talking tea and coffee we're talking about how much water have you actually had and even by looking at those basic things can really help you people tend to look outside of themselves and but I I think it's really good to check in with yourself and and ask yourself are you okay today (laughs) you know Um, and on all levels too you know um, am I happy at work am I is my emotional life good you know how, how are you feeling check in with yourself if something's not right then go and see the the appropriate person that's good advice thank you What are your tips for living fabulously, Pamela? It's fabulously simple, Bev, (laughs) for me. It's simple but complicated. Simply laugh. I think laughter is a much underrated emotion. I think a lot of focus is placed on stress management and meditation, which is all very, very beneficial. But I think more importantly for me is that can be used to really calm them and make their minds clearer. However, I think they really need to think carefully about the things that aren't making them happy in their lives, the things that are causing the stress on a daily basis that keeps whittling away at their spirit. For for us, in Chinese medicine, joy and laughter is all about the heart and we call that the shen is the spirit of the heart and it's so important to nourish that, to look at your support systems, a sense of community, all these things that create joy, you know, socialising with friends, all these things are very important. Even watching a funny movie, I think uh, laughter for me is very very important and it's a little bit like someone who will go running it helps release release endorphins and I think just get out there and do something you really love and it really makes you laugh fabulous so my takeaway from that is laughter really is the best medicine Look, I know it sounds simplistic, but yes, for me it is. But to, in order to really have a joyous life, there's a, there's a lot of work that most of us need to do in order to make our lives as happy as possible. No life is perfect and you have to compromise. Everyone has to compromise. But I think it's about not compromising on those things that are most important to you, that, that give you the greatest joy. Um, if you're suppressing something that would really make you joyful in your life because of a certain situation or because of someone else then you know that's that's something that you really need to look at and why I'm talking about this is because Chinese medicine can help release emotions I've seen you know just through giving a normal treatment for even lower back issues that sometimes emotions are released and yeah a lot of stress is released that way so for me the emotional body is really important and that acupuncture does work on that as well as the physical body. Pamela mostly has word of mouth referrals which speaks volumes about the outcomes that people who see her achieve. You can find 
Pamela Baker by searching the natural therapy pages. It's under your Pamela, P-A-M-E-L-A Baker, B-A-K-E-R. And also you'll find her on LinkedIn under Pamela B Health Biz. Pamela, I'd just like to say thank you very much for being part of this program and I look forward to hearing you again at some other time. I'm sure we've got lots more to talk about. Oh, it's a pleasure, Bev. Yes, it'd be nice to have another, yes, round of conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate that. And yours too. Thanks, Bev. Thank you so much for listening and I trust you enjoyed this episode. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Google Play. I invite you to spread the love around by sharing the podcast with a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously. I look forward to connecting with you online. You can find me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.